Welcome home to a life without limits, where you honor your alignment, nourish your soul, and awaken your inner goddess. Some days we fly, some, well, we've got you, sister. Abundance is your birthright. This is your remembrance. Hot Mess Goddess, juicy conversations for a luscious life. Welcome, Jim Locke, to the Hot Mess Goddess podcast. I'm bloody honored to have you here. I've been calling you in for a little while. Oh my gosh, a heart-centered leader, a breathwork facilitator, you play with plant medicine, you're a father of two gorgeous girls and on a mission currently supporting the rising feminine. What an honor it is to have you here with us today. Thank you, Sally. It's an honor to be here too. Yeah, super excited. thrilled. (laughs) And as usual, there is no plan for where this goes. We just figure out where it takes us because I find the best conversations always happen that way. So tell me a little bit about your journey as to how you got to be where you are right now, facilitating breath work and doing all the magical things you are. Yeah, well, uh, I'll try and (laughs) shorten it up a bit because I could be here talking about it for hours. But (laughs) yeah, long story short. Had a good family life, real loving, caring family, but very much stuck in the poverty consciousness. Yeah. So I didn't really think much of that. But looking back on all the work I've done now, it's all come, all the pieces have laid out in front of me and I can see it more clearly. But yeah, I left there trying to escape from a life that didn't fulfill me. Just living in the UK, just, yeah, it depressed me a lot. Whether the, something didn't feel right. So I came to Australia as a backpacker 21 years ago now. Oh, wow. You still kept your accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't beat it out of me yet, as that's fine. The kids' mom used to joke. Yeah, so I came out then, and that silly little synchronicity started happening back then, but I was completely unaware of them. Like, I met this couple that were backpacking who said, Have you ever read The Alchemist? And I'm like, I didn't even know what it was. Lo and behold, I probably only read that for the first time about a year or two ago. So, yeah, that was the first thing, and did what I did, partied, lived in Sydney. Did all the things as a young single guy did and then uh, met the girl's mum and uh, we went on a bit of a journey together where we, we struggled a lot. She was always a lot more stronger, more driven, more focused, more of a high achiever than I was. I just wanted a simple life and I was a tradie and that's all I thought I'd ever only ever be, only ever do. So something awoke in me probably six or seven years ago after she came back from a conference where she'd seen Tony Robbins and Les Brown speak and something just snapped inside of me. And then I started exercising more, started really taking care of my health, started reading more, listening to more because I hadn't really picked up a book in for probably 10 years. Yeah. Just to read the paper and whatever, all the other crap, all the other. (laughs) Other news and things that fill your head with disaster and doom and gloom. Yeah, all the low vibrational stuff. So basically I did things, I did Tony Robbins, I went, did other things and I just dabbled and it was more of me like, oh, look, I'm cool. I know a bit of stuff. I'm going to try and tell my friends and family that don't really care anyway about it because it just <laughs> used to go over their heads. I wrote an ebook on motivation, success, fulfillment, all that kind of thing. But it was more just a compilation of like my journey and other people's. I hadn't really embodied any of it yet. Yeah. So it's the whole thing. You can, you can talk about a load of stuff, but until you actually been through something, it's it's not really set in concrete, is it? Yeah. So 
what started a chain of events. I always knew that we weren't really meant to be together for the long run. I could feel it in my soul. And because my family values were so strong, and I really wanted to make this work. And it took me such a long time to find, find the kid's mom that I thought would we'll do everything I can to make it work. And like I say, we did all the motivation stuff, the mindset stuff. We were hanging out in real cool communities, doing circles and all that kind of thing. And it was that was in, an intro to me, but I didn't really embody it. As I said, I was just learning it. And then a succession of events, my father-in-law that had lived with us for 10 years, he died in 2018. That same year, this massive drama unfolded between all of our friend circles that we were quite close with. And that dissipated probably six months later. And then four months after that, we separated. So it was just like a, a knock-on effect. What it did to me was just, yeah, nothing could have prepared me for it. That The shock that my body went into, I think I developed like a massive amount of PTSD in such a short amount of time. Yeah. I'd always... I'd always wavered in and out of depression and um, went on downers. And just why I tried to keep my life simple. So nothing ever, I never got out of my comfort zone. So nothing could ever really push me down. But this was just like a shock. You know what I mean? I'd lost, lost my family before, all my family in the UK. Friends had all just dissipated. I walked away from the house, from all of the life that we had. We had a, on paper, we had an amazing life. You know what I mean? We traveled the world massively for the two years leading up to it. Nice holidays, the cars, the boat, everything. And it was just like, poof, it was completely zeroed me and I didn't know how to handle it. So I just went into, uh, yeah, I went into a massive amount of shock. I just, I didn't know who I was, what I was doing. Even the simple tasks, like, because I'm a painter by trade, it was like I'd never painted before. It yeah. was just the stress, the stress that it caused. And I went into fight and flight, it was continuous. Like I said, three weeks of non-sleeping and I was starting to get a bit psychosis. And I got to the stage where I thought, I just want to... Um, I want to leave this place which is heartbreaking because i was just numb everywhere and then um a good friend of mine who i'd done a couple of sound journeys with she said friends of ours who you know very well were doing a last round of their self-leadership program so i did that and bang 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 it all just fell into place the community supported me i started doing breath work and it just it just bang it snapped me out of it yeah it snapped me out of it so yeah Wow. So that was kind of the change for you. Cause I think I met you in that last round of become. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think my big change happened just before or during that as well. So it was a catalyst for a lot of people. I think that round. Yeah, it was, it was a huge catalyst. It was like, this is, this is where I'm going now. And this is my calling and this is what my soul has been put here for. So now looking back on that, this whole, just over a year, it's been, it's just been like, wow. Yeah, this is what I wanted to talk about too, because earlier you mentioned you learned all this stuff, but you weren't the embodiment of it. And I think I've been like that most of my life. I love learning new things, pick up all these different things and a hundred different interests. And I flit from one thing to the other and don't, don't now, I do now, but I never really used to embody any of it. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about. What was the shift? I guess it was become, I suppose, in you really starting to embody what you were doing. Mm. It was become, and then um, leading on from that, there was there's. Um, I, I'm sure you've heard of the conscious leaders that got the movement that got going over here with some of the tribe. Well, they were doing that, so I just thought, yeah, I, I heard Jared and that talking about it, so I jumped, I jumped onto that, and then it was we were doing that every two weeks. So then, what did that involve? Because like I'm down in Victoria, I think that's up on Brizzy and the Gold Coast. They were doing that. Yeah, Gold Coast. It started, then it moved to Brisbane. I think the Sunshine Coast before those guys um, went their separate ways, but. It's still going in Brisbane. So what did that actually involve? So basically it was just a good a community of all of us that come together every two weeks 
and the speakers would, would do a bit of exercise with us. We would talk. We might start with a bit of breath or just center on ourselves, but then then bring in guest speakers. So it'd either be like astrologists or mindset coaches or breathwork practitioners or sacred sexuality practitioners. And it basically unfolded most of the evenings when it put us in very confronting, uncomfortable positions. <laughs> so, you know, where you just eye gazing for one, I'm not sure how many people have eye gazed, but just sit and eye gaze with someone for three minutes. It's through a song and actually look deep into the soul, things like that. It just, yeah, opened up a whole new, new world for me. It was, uh, yeah. It's so amazing needy. how confronting that actually is. Yeah. I've only done it once and I cried. Yeah, it is. And it's beautiful just actually because it's, it's quite uncomfortable at first, isn't it? And you're looking around and you want to laugh and you want to distract yourself. And yeah. But when you really settle in and look look beyond the skin suit they're in and go deep into the soul, it's, oh, it's powerful. It, it, it's moved me in so many ways. And yeah, so that, that, was, that was the catalyst then. And I just kept leaning in and kept leaning in and then embodiment as as you will experience oh my gosh <laughs> whenever the borders or all the flights start open up that was that was the biggest thing for me that changed my life that week was just yeah it just it, it opened my heart back up because I'd closed myself down for so long and I was I was basically a shell of a man yeah because my ex went so far into the masculine because I wasn't in the masculine and I just retracted and retracted and retracted and just shut myself off from everything. I was numb, like I said. And then a few things that we did in that week just it cracked me open. From then on, it's just been, yeah, continuous journey. That's incredible. Because I'm so glad that I'm actually chatting with you about this and getting that male perspective on, you know, when women do step into the masculine, whether it's because men aren't or, you know, I don't know the reasons, but it is such a crazy dynamic in relationships and it's funny how often it really does play out where the different roles are taken on so yeah you just shut down so she stepped in or did you shut down because she was always that way how did that kind of look for you she was always that way she was like a high achiever and she went through went through a bit of a shock at the similar age of my girls with the separation they lost everything so I think she was just like she fully put on the toughness and took care of herself and the independent woman and like I said she was a career woman and achieved many great things and then I think it was looking back on it now it was sort of she could see something in me that I couldn't see but it, it felt like it was I was being forced into it because like come on step into who you are step into your your full masculine and power and it scared me like the whole thing scared me the stronger she got the more I retracted because she, she was scaring me almost it's just like I don't yeah. know how to handle a woman of this this strength and um this much energy and it was just yeah so yes obviously that called her forward more into it because I wasn't I wasn't stepping up as now I know that, yeah, I could have. What did you really learn from that? Mm, to try and push through the fear more, like I'd say. I, re I retracted a lot. She did call me forward in things where we'd go out and put ourselves in situations where she'd speak and I'd be at events, but it never felt natural. But the thing that I learned from it the most was that, yeah, it was, it was a big lesson for me and a, a true blessing because if, if she hadn't shown me or opened these doorways to me and made things... Um, possibilities that I didn't know existed I would never have been where I'd been where I've got to now without it all so this is the thing with me and that's why I'm feeling attracted to spend a lot more time around the females because it's just yeah it, it's fascinating watching watching you guys rise into what's so needed in the world right now you need to be held in that way and that's that's it's like a second chance because I never I never held the kid's mom like she need, needed to be and wanted to be held and having two daughters it's yeah I need to be the uh, be the example 
moving forward. So yeah, it's amazing. You're surrounded by all these women. Your daughter's rising. Like, how do you be a dad to those girls and really show them? You know, it's, I guess they're at a great age too, where you feel like it's not too late. It's almost like the perfect opportunity that you can show them what a beautiful role model of a male is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it's funny because, like I said, we started this journey six or seven years ago. So Jazzy was only three and Lodi was five. So they were sort of in the thing when we're listening to Tony Robbins and doing the mindset thing and doing that. So they were just absorbing it without that. And then obviously the, the shock to the system of us separating, they handled it really well. Super proud of them. But now I'm just I'm just being and doing silly things at home and just constantly putting things on in the background, trying to give them little lessons. Like the, the eldest, she just absorbs it, doesn't do anything. But the youngest she is, oh, she's powerful. Little jazzy, little firecracker, the 10-year-old, she, I can see it in her. And she resists it, but then she takes it on. Like we were talking about something in the car the other day, you know, about um, not controlling situations. And she just came out of the blue and says, yeah, you have to trust the process. So <laughs> coming oh, out of the 10-year-old, it was like, it's working. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how it does show up in weird ways like that. Like my daughter, she calls me a hippie and she resists all the things, whereas my oldest used to come to personal development events with me and just loves it. The youngest refused, yet the advice she gives me blows my mind constantly. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? I love yeah. it because I know it's going in there and I know that, like like I said to the girls, it goes over the head, but I said, look, I've struggled with a lot of stuff my life and, you know, pain is inevitable, but, but suffering is the optional thing, isn't it? And I, I stuck in suffering in so many ways in so many different areas in my life when it didn't need to be. You, you need these lessons to move through it, but if you've got the tools to move through it quicker and you know how to just go, right, this is what's happening, this is my choice, how do I learn from it, how do I move through it? If you've got that, then, yeah, life can be so much more fun, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually, I'm glad you said that because so many times things – I'm only thinking of this now, things are excused like, oh yeah, that was my journey. I had to go through all of that. And it's true, but I also didn't have to suffer and wallow in that shit for as long as I did. That was a choice I made and I don't make that choice anymore. I, If I'm feeling it, I feel it. And then I get the frick out of there. I don't wallow in it for 20 years like I did last time. <laughs> and that's the big thing, isn't it? Feeling it actually feeling what's there, feeling the resistance of fear rather than trying to bypass it with distraction. Or I was having, I have conversations with my mom and dad back in the UK every week. My mom's listening to a lot of the stuff I'm saying, you know, all the energies and the full moon. And she, she's, oh yeah, I'm feeling a bit tired. And I didn't really understand it. The kids' mom always used to say, I could feel the energy of the full moon. I'm like, what, what energy? <laughs> but then yeah. now, because I've done so much work on myself and opened up so much more of my DNA and my cells, I can just, I can feel so much. So I was actually on the phone, but my dad is is really big for bypassing everything with humor. Even when I'm trying to talk something serious or turn it into a joke. And it's hysterical, but other times I'm just like, seriously. And I told him off yesterday and apologized. and said, Will you just can you just take on what I'm trying to <laughs> trying to talk to you about rather than turn it into a joke? So it's it's funny with the the older generation too, how they just like woof, switch off instantly. From yeah, absolutely. And it's good that you even have that conversation because I definitely haven't had it with mine. I just felt like there wasn't much point. But then we have grown in our relationship over the last 12 months as well. And I talked to them about things I never normally would have. Yeah, it's interesting to see. I gave them a copy of the book that I wrote a chapter in. My mum read it and then just said, oh, so you wrote that. And that was it. 
I got nothing mm. else from it. And it was pretty deep. And my dad never mentioned a word. So it's really interesting. And I didn't bring it up either. So I, I think I tend to avoid things as well. But the fact that you can go there with your parents, I love that. It's still very uncomfortable and confronting. But I, I just say it how it is. Because obviously the way, as you know, what's going on in the world at the moment, is it's getting crazy and it's only going to get crazier. And a lot of people just want to switch off from it and just, oh, as long as I can keep my comfortable life and like, obviously... The English culture is going to the pub and I, I just see people posting pictures on Facebook. When's our pub going to open? When's the restaurant? It's just like they want that comfort so bad. And it's just like, can't you see what the signs, what all the energy, everything, what Mama is trying to tell, tell us all. She's been trying to tell us all for thousands of years. It's Now's the time you've got to, yeah make changes yeah like you were saying before when you don't face up to it it hits you in the face anyway like all those events that led up to your relationship breakdown like the fan the friends breakdown everything even if you're avoiding it it happens anyway it just happens a lot worse than if you listen the first place that's what they say, isn't it? The universe sends you a feather and gives you a knock and gives you a tap and then gives you a Mack truck and it's like, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Maybe listen next time. Yeah, I try and take note the first time with the feather these days. Doesn't always work. You're trying to overcome years of conditioning, isn't it? The, the, the mind, the most powerful supercomputer in the world. And you know, mm. It just doesn't happen like that. It takes a lot of... Uh, overcoming and learning to unlearn, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And like you, I grew up, the, the Aussie drinking culture, I guess, is very similar, especially, I don't know about cities so much, but definitely in the country towns. And so, yeah, pubs were my life for Me many, too. many, many years. Yeah, I've had no drinking this year at all for the first time since I can remember, like 16 or something that. like yeah, that. So, it's amazing. Yeah, so it's pretty big, but to leave that culture behind. Like I still look at some pictures of people at the pubs and sitting in the beer gardens and on the decks. And I think, oh, that'd be nice to go there, but I'd probably just drink water. It, yeah, everything's changed. Yeah, it is. That, that that little part of your ego and the, the, the part of you that's like, oh yeah, like, I, I'm the same. We, we'd go out to friends every weekend. We'd be drinking, we'd be doing this, even with the kids. And like now I've stopped it. It's like, you still get the little niggles, but the thing that's taught me the most over this last year or so is that um, I've never ever actually lived on my own in my whole life. So half of the week I'm on my own when the kids are at their mum's and it's just like, wow, it's, I felt the depths of loneliness. I just want to go out. I want to do something. It's like, no, you, I just, this is, this is the time to keep practicing what you're doing. Keep breathing, keep meditating, keep learning more to obviously what's, what's coming people out there that are going to need help and are going to need guidance and yeah and that's big more too. Than what a pharmaceutical drug than do yeah oh fuck yeah <laughs> and that's so huge like that time to yourself because many of our listeners are either mums or in families or things like that and rarely get a moment to think for ourselves let alone anything else and to be faced with that time that you've had in a half a week where you just have to be with yourself, especially during COVID. Like, mm. you, you know, you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything and you just have to sit with yourself. I think that's been big for so many people this year, really facing up to a lot of things that have been buried inside for so long that are coming up. Especially you guys down in Victoria, oh, you, like in Queensland, it's, it hasn't really affected me and my business, my life at all. It's just that when we went through two or three weeks at the start of it, where it went pretty, the lockdown, you weren't allowed to gather in areas, but then it, after that, just watching what's unfolding around the rest of Australia, just, I, I can't fathom it. And it's, yeah, and a lot of good people down there in our, in our communities that are just, they've got the tools to move through it, but they're struggling. So I can't even imagine what the people that haven't, don't know any, are not consciously awake or aware of anything outside of what the normal life is, what, what they're dealing with. It's, um, 
scary to think about really. It is. Yeah. There's so much suicide, the increases in suicide, the increases in domestic violence. There's just so much going on that people aren't even hearing about. So it's pretty massive, but thankfully I'm in regional Victoria. So for me, I've I feel pretty much like you, even though I'm in Victoria. My parents have a farm just out the road and I'm a bit of a hermit anyway, but I've felt free to travel back and forth. And on the farm, you know, it's spacious, there's hills, there's trees. It's just, it's life was normal for me pretty much other than having to wear a mask down the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that was, we, we never had to do any of that really, I think, in Queensland. It was, it was more optional, I think. So, yeah. And the kids were home, of course. We had the kids home for most of the year, not at school. So that was that was an adjustment as well, but it was it was doable. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised actually that your massive shift happened, gosh, only like not long ago last year, really, around this time just before, I think it was October last June we year. separated. Yeah, I think it was June we separated and then um, I went through that massive shock. And I think the guys that kicked off the, the round of become, and then they did uh, a five-day breath work. I think just breathe it was, and that was just yeah. I dove into that head first, and it was like wow. I'd never. I always knew it was inside of me, but that it needed something that big for it to fully open up. And then now, because because I was never really a meditator, because my my mind just always I'm just always thinking about like, like most people's. But the breath work was the one, and and now with the soma that I'm doing, because you're using music and you're going to a rhythm. You're in your body and you're keeping the rhythm without your mind wandering all the time. So I've actually started meditating again the last few weeks and, oh, dear, it's been huge. With so, the energy shifts, I've been experiencing all these kind of crazy supernatural things. So, wow. So yeah. talk to me about that. One, about the what you're experiencing, but two, I've got the Gemini mind that's always in a million different places at once. And I loved Just Breathe and all the breath work last year. And then the, I think they did in the middle of Become, they did the seven days meeting your higher self. I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was called. I loved it. And I- Sovereign Seven, wasn't it? Was it Sovereign, Sovereign Seven. seven. Yeah. That was amazing. And so I loved all of those. But then when that stopped, I stopped the breath work and things. I really resist it. Mm. And it's something I now, obviously, winning that trip to embodiment retreat, it's they've just opened up the group where it says, you've got to do breath work three times a week. And I'm just going, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God, am I going to be okay able yourself. to do this? <laughs> you so but, touch with your breath yeah that's did you sure. actually do a facilitator's course like is that how much you loved it you just dove in like what what happened for you with the breath work yeah well I practiced it every day religiously I probably still do it four or five times a week first thing in the morning I do a short one now just to set me up for the day because I had such profound results and journeys and just the feelings that I've never felt in my life before, I thought I, I want to share this with people. So I started doing uh, doing a course and I'm just at the last stage of getting cert one so I can fully facilitate. I can do all small facilitation journeys, which I've been doing every week on the beach with friends with cacao down at Burley. Oh, so that's been beautiful. Dream. But now I can do it, take it into a bigger group area and we can we can run it for longer longer amounts of time. It's definitely the the path I'm feeling called to take without a doubt. And so what have you been experiencing? What are all these amazing things? Well, have you heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza? Yes, love Dr. Joe. Yeah, well, you see, I'd heard of him for a while, but maybe, maybe I wasn't ready for him back then. But because I'm at work all day and I'm thinking, oh, I spend a lot of time in my thoughts because customers might not be there, whatever, and I'm painting. So I'm like basically meditating all day long. So I've started listening to audio books and I'm just, I just listen to audio book after audio book. And yeah. something came through 
to listen to the Becoming Supernatural one. So I started listening to it and then I downloaded a couple of his meditations with the energy centers. And the first time I did it, I was like, I had just all these crazy visuals going on in my head. I could see like what I could see like frequencies and DNA strands. And then I lay down in bed and it felt like something pushed up against my back, like someone else was there, like a being. Wow. So it sort of, it sort of shocked me a little bit. I've experienced beings from young age, but never really thought anything of it. And then all the other times in the meditations now, I'm feeling like air moving around me, thick like the draft of air, but all the doors and windows are closed. Yeah. And then last night I went out to look at the, the moon and I'm at the corner of a wall and something just like past my ear, like a free, like a sound frequency. It wasn't an, it wasn't a bird or anything because I was in the corner and there was no, there's no flapping or wind. It was just like a noise. It was, it was, uh, yeah, I'm experiencing all these, all these different things. Yeah. So. Wow, so much is opening up. Yeah, like I say, the more the more you feel, the more you experience it. It just keeps amplifying, amplifying. Because when I do the breathing on my own, I can feel subtle things, but then when I go into a group environment and do it, it's like full body convulsions, full remembrances. I'm arching my back and I'm making noise, and like my body, I just let go and let the body do what it needs to do, and it's um, it's obviously remembering something. Or upgrading something, so yeah. Yeah, it's bloody fascinating. So do you find that when you're facilitating as well or is it completely different? You're just more focused on what everyone else is doing? Yeah, sometimes when I really let go, I'm not trying to focus because I'm still getting into the, the practice of, because with, with the Soma breath, it's counting and breath retentions and you sort of got to remember what you're saying as a guide. So there's a lot going on for when you stop breathing and you hold your breath and you start again. So when I get out of my mind, and I'm not trying to remember a script, and it flows, you can feel it. I can obviously on the beach as well, I can feel all the vibrations. And then the two or three people that I do it with, they've, they've experienced some pretty epic stuff. So I only just doing it 10 minutes. And one of the, one of the girls with you the other week, she was quite stressed. And then she just burst into tears and just the tears were just flowing out. And I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes and she says, Oh, I needed that so much. And just, just that feeling of safety that people that, I've known for 10, 15, 20 years, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think about showing emotion or being sad. My old, my old people that I used to hang around, my old friends, but then now it's just full permission for everyone to do cry in front of each other. And it's just no judgment. It just, yeah. It's a different world, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Can you explain a couple of the different types of breath work? Because yeah, I'm definitely not, I've only experienced you know, some with cacao ceremonies, Jared Nabbies, and a couple of different peoples, but there seems to be a few different types. Yeah, well, there's the holotropic and like rebirthing, which is that the mouth breathing, which accesses deep, deep traumas and cellular stuff, and that that gets you there real quick. And I mean, experience a lot of quickness there. The Wim Hof thing—that's quicker and more amplified breathing. You use that to um, so you can generate heat in your body from you know when it goes into the ice and all these kind of things. Ah, oh, okay. With the ice yep. baths, yeah. But then with the soma, it's more of a journey. So you, you do sequences of uh, like two and four and four and eight in through the nose and out through the mouth. And that takes you out of your fight and flight. You're sympathetic and drops you into your rest and digest. You're power sympathetic, so you're nice and calm. And then with the music and the, um, the script that you do, it, it takes you on a bit of a journey. So it connects you to higher self. And then the next one, you do a form four, like equal breath works and that brings you back into heart and head coherence. Your heart and your mind are connected as one. So, yeah, it's oh, So there's a stuff. method to that switching around from one yeah. style to another. Okay. 
Yeah, so if you with the inhales through the nose and you double the exhales, that, that drops into your, your calm, your rest and digest, calms your nervous system. And then the, the equal breast is the heart heart coherence. Uh, yeah. And so do you generally always have to do one before the other? Yeah, usually you'll do the shorter ones, like the two and the four and the four and the eight to start with. And then I'll drop you, it'll take you out of your mind and into your body and calm yourself down. And then when your body's fully received, then you bring yourself back into coherence. Mm. Mm, I love that. And so then you also combine this with cacao. So you have my heart right now when you're talking cacao and breath mm. work. Oh my goodness. What, how powerful is that? Yeah. So powerful. Same thing with cacao. On our health journey, I just thought cacao would bite from the health food shop in powdered form. You know, it's all been, all the, all the good stuff's been taken out of it. Yep. And I just put it with my um, protein shakes and what have you. But since doing that course and sitting with it and actually just just being with it, and I taught <laughs> I did the other night with Jazz. She's like she she called me. I didn't know where she was, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm just here talking to Cacao, and she's talking back to me. And she went, oh, okay. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> normally, people think you're a bit crazy over there, but yeah, the the conversation just just to sit and be present with it, and I put put some essential oils in there some wild orange and um lion's mane if you really want to if you really want to focus and get something done so and drop into your heart so cacao has been it's been another game changer for me that that helped with the breath to open me back up for my heart again so such a beautiful beautiful medicine yeah isn't it? It's been incredibly hard expensive for me because like you, I was closed down for so long. So when I drink cacao now and I generally sit at my altar and it's very intentional and I can literally feel my heart almost the petals opening or something. I don't know how to describe it. And it's different each time, but I can feel it opening and I kind of want to go and hug everyone. And I was never a hugger. And it's just like, oh, yes, I have compassion for everyone. I can see now and I can feel love. Like the whole world is love. It just opens me right up. That's exactly what my soul needed. Yeah, totally. Like, especially when you do it in a group situation, you breathe and you do cacao, just that the feelings are overwhelming feelings of emotion, like love and bliss and gratitude. And it just, it ample, like you say, I've always been a hugger, but the people I've been around, I've always been more like a sort of tap you on the back when you're hugging them and get away from you. But yeah, that was me. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, touch me. Unless I was blind drunk and then I was just, oh, hug anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like now when you actually, when you actually hug someone and feel and you breathe chest to te- chest, you match their breathe and it's just like that feeling is just, you can't, yeah. Yeah, actually, because I always avoided hugging, I always avoided feeling anything. And so when you truly actually hug someone like that as well, that was a new experience for me too. And like, especially a male, it was like, oh God, now they're going to think that we want to have sex or something. Like there was always this ridiculous talk in my mind and to actually hang out with people that you could truly hug and feel that heart space of each other. And that's all it was, you know, it's just been an incredible journey for me as well in that sense. And it's, um, oh my gosh, I guess embodiment's going to change all that even more. Yeah. But yeah, well, that, well, that was the big thing that cracked me open besides the eye gaze. And we did an exercise where I was with a female and we were in each other's laps, holding on to each other, breathing through the music and like crying at the same time. And that was just like, I've never, ever experienced anything like that in my life before. Because like, like you say, the old paradigm is, oh, if you look at someone or, go, or touch them or hug them, it means you want to go to bed with them. And it's just that whole low-level thinking, isn't it? Low-level feeling. So when you experience it, and it's just like, what is this? 
Yeah. And that's the generation I grew up with and the sorts of people that I grew up with, that that's just how I thought. Yeah. There's been a lot of shifting around that as well. I watched my kids totally different. You know, they've got so many male friends, even though they've got boyfriends and there's just, there's just none of that there with them. This next generation is so incredibly powerful. Yeah. The new leaders of this earth, eh? (laughs) Absolutely. And um, it's our job now to try and do them justice, I feel. Yeah, be the the wisdom keepers and the elders that guide them to change what this world's going through because, yeah, it certainly hasn't worked for a long time. And like I say with the feminine thing, that's in tribes, ancient tribes, it was always the females that made the biggest decisions and the males were the protectors and they kept them safe and, yeah. So how do you see your role in this now, in this shift that's happening on such a global level? Mm. Stepping into myself more is more into my power, but like I said, supporting the feminine around me and, and lifting them and loving on them and celebrating what they're doing. And it's just, yeah, it, it really, it fills me up so much just, just seeing. Yeah. <laughs> just, that, and how does that look for you as a male to actually support the feminine and stay in your masculine? Like, what does that even look like? I'm not too sure how to answer that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I don't know the answer to it either. That's why I asked. It just, it fascinates me so much because I see so many women that are stepping into their feminine essence and their power and they're leading so differently to what a man typically leads. And there's men rising alongside beside them and supporting them beautiful it's almost like they're supporting each other but yeah from that male's perspective I didn't even know how that would look I think like I say just just to celebrate their wins hold them in whatever they're going through because I've got a few close friends that have been moving through a lot of stuff and they've got a lot of fire in and they've got a lot of emotion in them and I know a lot of the guys that come into their space from outside of it that have only had one intention have not been able to hold them in that yeah. Just, just to just to hold space and listen, like I say, the amount, the amount of stuff I've unloaded on me over the last six months, but it's just like, yeah, I see you, I love you, you're okay, you're held, you're safe. Just do what you need to do without, um, yeah, feeling like you retract from it. That's that's the biggest thing because I know there's a lot of the guys I used to hang around with, and I know there's there's, there's still a big majority. Like all of the events we go to, it's always percentage of females. So the way I see it is. Or the way I feel it should I say. I'm I'm not the I'm not someone like a friend of mine said, Oh, you should be in there doing the men's workshops and doing them. But I think if I just show as an example with who I who I am around, what I'm doing with my kids and the girls in my the ladies in my circle, that that'll just ripple off, hopefully, rather than doing that side. Because I know there's a lot of amazing men doing good stuff with the men men's groups and men work out there. But yeah, I just feel called this is where I need to be and this is my place. So yeah. Yeah, well when you when you have daughters and you have women in your life, that's exactly where you're called to be. So I think that's great that you're following that. And I think if there were just men doing men's groups and just women doing women's groups and things, then there's a piece missing, a really vital piece of that merging of the masculine and feminine that is so important and so potent when those energies are combined. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like I said, because if you just separated the two, then the men might know how to be the masculine and the masculine. But then when they go home, how do they hold the feminine when they haven't been <laughs> yeah. they haven't been working with the feminine as well? So, yeah. It's, I think both mm. are equally important, but there has to be, definitely has to be that combination of the two because I'm definitely comfortable in women's groups now. I've, I've done a lot of diving into that. But then to go into groups where there's men as well, that's out of my comfort zone. And that's, of course, where I'm heading next. It's my next step and my next growth. And it's so vital that we step into that. Yeah. 
100%. And I think so many women too, because you're right, Every most events I go to are full of women. You know, there might be 10% men, sometimes 20, 30 if you're lucky. And to have so much of that feminine energy there without the masculine to counterbalance, like to have some men there that really support women in their rising, but also when women need to be held because women are both, you know, they, they might want to rise and they might want to be successful and they might want to step into their feminine power, which is fucking powerful, but they also really might need to be held in that moment and be told everything's Connected, okay sometimes. Yeah. And loved on and yeah, held, yeah. yeah like say, just, just be seen. That was always the thing that I didn't understand because I didn't, yeah, I wasn't in that space and like come from an old paradigm when when the kid's mom would went, in, went into these processes and she'd be like enormous having like a breakdown because there's so much shifting, I'd be like, what do I do? How do I fix her? Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Rather than just, just holding her and letting her do whatever she needed to do. It's, and I think that's such a key point for, for men out there that, yeah, they don't need to be fixed. They don't need to be told. They don't need a solution. They just sometimes just need to be seen and held. And Yeah, incredibly potent. So I'm so glad that that's what you're called to do now is to step into that role of really supporting the feminine. So what's next for you? Like, what does this look like leading forward into 2021? Well, like I say, with more events and more, once I start coaching more and doing more breath work, combined events with the men and the women and um, yeah, moving forward through there. Yeah, with the breath, definitely in the coaching side of all things and helping people move through what's um, all this amplified energy that's going to be causing all kinds of um, <laughs> anxiety know, right? and depression and stress and coming out of this because we're still really, <laughs> we're still really not in the thick, the thick of it because obviously people have been taking their, their super out. They've been wiping things out. They've been getting job keeper, job seeker. So when all this stops and things are still crazy, it's, it's, that's going to amplify even more. So people are going to definitely need community to help. That's for sure. Yeah, so much. And I think that's what's been pivotal in my growth as well is having that community because I'm in a regional area of Victoria, country town. And without that support, even though it's online, like mum just goes, those friends of yours, they're not even real. They're on a computer. <laughs> like it's going, yeah, mum, they are. But, but oh my God, they have saved my fucking life. So yeah, having that community has been so vital for me, incredibly. So especially this year without the travel and being so restricted in that sense. Yeah, yeah. That, the, the community, that, like I say, community in the breath was was a thing that pulled me out because losing all the, the friendships and then I had a few close friends and they knew what I was going through, but they just didn't know how to. And even with my mom and dad, like I was speaking to my dad the other week and he had, he had a heart attack not long ago and I'm like, I don't want to put stress on him. And he's like, oh, you can tell me. I says, well... I said to him, I said, look, Dad, I think the level of what I was going through, I don't think anyone in my that I was hanging around with or my family could have helped me or given me the tools. I could have just been a, a soundboard and just got it out, but it wasn't going to help me move through it, if you know what I mean. I needed something to get into the depths and um, propel me out the other side. So the community, like you say, feeling safe. The non-judgment, just to talk about weird, wacky, crazy stuff, <laughs> like yeah. talking about the energies. Most people would be like, I think that guy's going insane. But you talk to other friends, yeah, yeah, I felt the same too. It's just normal, normalizing everything. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like uh, It is. Like I say to people now, like, yeah, you know, I might be a country chick, you know, living in a country town, farm girl, the whole bit. But yeah, one of my besties, an Octorian, and, you know, it's just normal for me to have these conversations. And she talks about her Octorian family and what they tell her each day in meditation. And it's like, yep, 
I get that. And it's totally normal for me now to have these conversations and I fucking love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. It is, isn't it? Like there's still a part of the ego that like, oh my God, like people that <laughs> some of the stuff I post, like, you know, Jax, she was on one of your things. I've been to two or three of her events now. And I said, you are my favorite alien. And like what she does at those events to people's bodies and for what, uh, the channeling, the light language. I was talking to a friend that's sort of been in personal development for 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, you know, in the do light language. She's like, no, what's that? She's yeah, like, wow. you forget. You forget, you talk about light language. I, I didn't even know what it was a year or so ago, but because it's so prevalent in our circles and people are just talking about all kinds of weird and wonderful things that you just see it as a normal, don't they? So when you talk to someone that doesn't do it, they just sort of look at you and think, you well, I know, right? It's it's amazing. <laughs> and because, yeah, I was, I've never experienced Jack's in person, but certainly some of her online ones. And, oh, my gosh, they were incredible. I had the body convulsing with one of hers, and I'd never experienced that before. And, yeah, I now talk to people about, oh, yeah, I call in um, Yaratel and I code my words. And, you know, they're just going, what the fuck are you even talking about? It's, oh, nothing. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> just how I work now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the way it is. Council. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say, I don't know. I, I was always confused about which one I even came from. And then I'm thinking, do I have to know? Then I'm going, I think I'm Syrian. But then I, you know, I've got the creativity of the Pleiadians. And then I'm going, I think somewhere they, somewhere they merged. And I think I'm an offshoot of that. And then someone told me, yeah, that did happen. Going, oh, shit. Well, there you go. But then who knows? I don't. That I part of it's all just beyond me. I was the same, like with embodiment, what happened me, to me then and the energy that I felt I, just after I came out of that and I was in Bali, I actually did a breathwork meditation with my little speaker and the frequencies, never experienced it before. The speaker was distorting and making all kinds of weird noise. The voice was cutting it out, it was frequencies, all kinds of stuff coming through it. I'm like, wow, I just that, I just did that. I experienced that. And then I, and it's the whole thing. I couldn't do it again after. And then it was the frustration was coming in. I thought, when are my gifts going to come online? I keep hearing about people's gifts and guides and certain things like this. And it's like, I haven't, I get some visuals, but I'm more, more in the body, more visceral. So, um, but then like other times it's just intense. Like I always wondered that like Palladian or what have you, but then I've had Tud and Calm and King Tut was coming through with the old Egypt theme at embodiment. But then after that, I want to test his cacao ceremonies online. I had Jesus and a Navajo Indian talking to me in my visions. <laughs> it was just like, okay. <laughs> it's been incredible. I've definitely had um, some kind of cosmic being, but I didn't even think to ask where they were from. And I didn't even, I don't know, I, there was no real knowing. But I've also, when I had like a three-day headache, that Octorian friend of mine said, oh, I'll do a healing for you at like six o'clock tonight, whatever time it was. So I lit a candle and I lay under a blanket by my altar. Head was just thumping for the fourth day in a row. And I just surrendered. And she wasn't talking to me. I just knew that that was the time that she was going to do it. So I figured that would be a great time for me to just lie down and receive. And I literally saw myself on a crystal kind of slab, I suppose, a crystalline slab. And I saw a beings. She said they were Octarians because she had the same vision, but again, it was irrelevant to me what they were, but I saw these light beings and I saw them doing cosmic surgery or light surgery, whatever. See, I don't know the terms of it, but I saw it all and I explained it all to her and she said, yeah, that's exactly what was going on. And I felt it all and I came out of it without a headache. I came out of it with new brand colors, with all sorts of crazy things came out of that experience and a whole new way forward in my business that I never even imagined, all just 
from trying to get rid of a headache. So when you open yourself up to the possibilities, I think sometimes my mind wants to know the names and the details. And I think I've got to let that go and just experience it and just let it be for what it is. Yeah, folly. Letting go and surrender. That's the biggest thing. That's like in the meditations, it's that when you're trying to just transcend matter and become energy beyond there in the quantum realm. And then that's when you fully let go, that's when like crazy, crazy miracles and insights and new possibilities come through, isn't it? When you take the analytical mind out and then it comes back to having to explain it to people and you're just like, human words don't do half of the stuff justice. Exactly. (laughs) I think that's where I struggle (laughs) trying to explain it. And there's just no point sometimes, but yeah. And that's again, another thing with community and like, I never would have met you if it wasn't for these communities that we're a part of. And sometimes you don't even need to explain. You start to speak and the other person goes, yeah. And you just get it. Yeah. It's just so important. So yeah, I'm so grateful that we've connected and that we were, gosh, it was only a year ago and yeah. look at the journeys. And I know I'm going to see a lot more of you and what's to come for you is so exciting now. So where if anyone wants to follow your journey and see what's going on and and what's next for you and how you can help through breath work like how do we find you now on facebook just jim lock i've got a group called connect to your truth on there that's a great group by the way you show up really well in there i haven't shown up in a while actually just because <laughs> that much stuff going on and then uh, jimbo lock triple seven on instagram so i've got I've got some of my things on there and the breathwork courses that you can, if you want to become an instructor or do the awakening journey on there to get a taste of it, there's, there's links in there for that. So, um, yeah, it's just at at this stage, like I say, I'm trying to run an an online business, my painting business study, and then the kids and it's just like, you know, and then all the energies have just been just swirling around in a bit of a, bit of a brain fog recently. So I know that once I get through these little steps, and things start to become a bit clearer so I can start stepping away from things because the universe has been testing me massively with my with my painting job because I'm just getting so much work coming at me now and it's like I could take staff on but I'm like no if Which I do, way that, do you want to go take, Jim it's gonna take me away from my purpose Exactly. It's funny how that happens too. And I love the fact that you just openly talk about, fuck, I've got the kids and I've got this and I've got this and painting and so much going on in my life because we see so many people that we almost put up on a pedestal. Yeah. You know, this person's life is so perfect and they've got this going on. You are an incredibly powerful person in our communities and healer and all the things that you're capable of doing and you still have that real life that just yeah I love that you share that so thank you you know the dad thing and just you still go through life we all do we all do we're all dealing with our shit and it's just (laughs) how we handle it and the choices you make it's that's the biggest thing isn't it yeah like 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 I said with having the time off to myself because the kids mom was always so we were always doing stuff all the time and she was amazing and at creating and like the visionary and we do it holidays and we do it and then on my own it's like it's sort of the late self-leadership thing i've got time to myself now but i've got that much going on it's just like what do, what do i do what do i do it's yeah that's, that's that's the biggest the biggest thing that i've been taking away and then you just you go into distraction mode don't you, you i jump do on facebook and love on a few people next thing you need like half an hour an hour's gone by and you think oh my god i could have been doing something productive then so yeah yeah 
not that not loving people is productive, but I mean, just actually, if you're trying to focus on where you want to go and you can easily distract yourself. Yeah. I think too, when there's so many things that you want to be doing and so many yeah. directions you're called, because I definitely struggle with that. I don't want to be pigeonholed doing the one thing. And there's all these different, you know, the poetry side, the copywriter side, the book editor side, the, I want to do guided meditation side, like this podcast side, there's so many different things. And it's like, oh, if I see them all at once, I don't do any of them. <laughs> I, do, I go to the fridge and I emotionally eat broccoli. That's my latest thing. <laughs> but if I just focus on one at a time and just actually center myself first, it's okay what's the thing to do right now in this moment? But yeah, yeah, I do I do forget to do that sometimes. That's the big thing, just asking yourself a question, isn't it? Yeah. Because like I said, I have all these things going through my head all day long listening to the audio book. So I'm going to do this, this, and get home. And it's like, oh, it's just too much. It's all too hard. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to do whatever. I'm just going to sit down for now. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel you. Well, thank you, Jim, so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Amazing to catch up with you and uh, chat again. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to seeing what's coming for you in 2021. It's so bloody exciting. (laughs) Vice versa. It's exciting for all of us, isn't it? Yeah, it's exciting (laughs) times ahead to see. Oh, my God, where the fuck the world is going right now. (laughs) Which groups are going to do what? I'm just, I'm going to get out the popcorn. This is exciting stuff. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you, Sally. Thank you so much, as always, to Brian Samuel Audio Editing for the amazing production. And thank you for listening. We'd so appreciate if you would rate, review, subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends.